bringing you Grassroots Matters interviews with our host, Sally, from Grassland Nutrition, and special guests and collaborators on the topic of nutrition, and more. All right, let's dive headfirst into this episode. Hello, it's Sally from the Grassland Nutrition Team with another episode of Grassroots Matters, where we talk to individuals in our community with inspiring stories. Today, meet Scotty Scheller, a serial reinventor, life coach, male model, and influencer. Scotty talks to us about his exceptional story. No crumbs for this episode, it's a straight dive in, as there's no intro that would give this story justice. This morning, I want to chat to you about how we came to know one another through kind of grassland nutrition. And I know it's been quite a long time. And the first time we spoke, I was quite surprised at how far back that was and what led up to that. And we first got talking, I had no idea about your fascinating background. I know that you used to be a professional hockey player. And and then there was an intervention that took you into, you know, what you're very successfully doing now with your content creation and your influencer status. So would you would you mind? You've you've warmed up the vocal cords already this morning. Yeah, exactly. I just don't stop talking, that's the problem. <laughs> Not at all. Would yeah, take the show, Scotty, please. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm for those of you who are watching. I'm Scotty Scheller. I mean, I, I love. I feel like I'm in an interview right now. But no, I it, my story is is an interesting one. Just because when you see me now, you wouldn't really think my story is what it is. Like like you're saying, I did play hockey for a very long time, and that was my career, and that was where I was going with it. And I really thought that that was going to be my life, you know. And when you identify as something, that's you know that is going to be your thing, you know. That's that's what I really try to like tell people is like. You are going to become what your identity is. But the problem with that is if you identify as something too hard, once that's ripped away from you, you're kind of stuck, you know, because then you have to re-identify and re-identifying as something is so hard to do. And basically my entire story is I was playing hockey, first real, real game of the season and got put up against the boards and a stick went across my neck. Guy ran into me and basically broke my neck, stage 10 concussion out like a light. And that started a new life for me. So basically woke up, had no recollection of what happened, obviously can't move, obviously can't, you know, do anything. And it was just this process of, okay, we'll just break down the story from a long story to short story. It was this process of, you know, doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor. Okay, you have a physical injury, we can see a physical injury here. But the rest of the stuff that's going on in your body, the rest of the stuff that's going on everywhere, we can't really do anything about it because it's your neck that controls everything. We'll give you some medication, go home. And unfortunately, unfortunately, that happened and continued to happen for five years. So I was in and out of hospitals, in and out of doctors, you know, traveling everywhere I possibly could you know, to digestive doctors, to hormone doctors, to brain doctors, to literally, because people don't realize like your your nervous system all runs through your neck. It's channeled there, you know, and, your gums, and every signal comes from your brain. So you mess up those two, you know, you're kind of setting yourself up for just failure in a sense. I mean, there's just, there's not a lot you can do that. 
And the more I realized that, you know, it's kind of like this long, ongoing just trail of doctor. Okay, we'll try this medication. Okay, we're going to shoot you up with this. Oh, your hormones are low. Okay, we're just going to give you hormones. Oh, this, that, and that's, you know, at the end of the day, you're sitting back and you're like, I'm just a lab experiment at this point. You know, like I don't feel any better. I don't look any better. I'm losing weight. I went from 185 pounds to 140, you know, and I'm like, I can't eat. I, every time I eat something, I just, my body rejects it. It's like, okay, let's go back to the bare roots of what a human being is, you know? And I really started like get down on myself because I was, I, I'm sitting in a hospital. And I'm like, I have all these people taking care of me and my family here. They're giving up their lives. I just don't have a life. I'm basically dead. And so I got super, 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 super suicidal and super depressed. And I was like, and it came to the point where I was like, I wrote out my note and I was like, you know, I'm going to take my life. I'm done. I don't want to be here anymore. I'm making everybody else miserable. And I, I, in your own head, you think you are, but people are they're there to love you and stuff like that. But in my head, I was like, you know, I'm just wasting everybody's time. And so I'm going to give myself six months. I'm going to give myself six months. If I can't figure this out by myself, so like, I'm done. I'm, I'm capping out. And I just went on the journey. I ordered every single textbook I could on the human body. I got every course in the human mind. I got every, everything I could possibly get about being a person. I tried to learn it, you know, and that meant taking college courses. That meant, you know, just dropping money on, you know, on these random courses and people all around the world who were dropping knowledge, you know, trying to get in touch with podcasts trying to get in touch with anybody who could help me, who could give me a little bit of knowledge. And I went on this six-month journey of just learning the body. And that's that was probably the best thing that could ever happen to me because I started finding little things like, okay, you know, how neurons connect and how the brain is majority fat and how, you know, like your neck and all, and all of the tissues in between all of your spinal columns or your, in your vertebrae are all, you know, like the collagen that is basically what you take in. And I was having no collagen and stuff like that. And so I'm implementing these little things dietarily. And I'm like, oh, well, I feel a little better. But you're not like, you're, it's not like a night and day. It's like, oh, I kind of, my stomach's working a little bit better. Or like, oh, I'm starting to like, I started, I remember the first thing that I noticed is like my stomach started, would start gargling. And it never did that. And it was like, I wonder what that is, you know? And I was just taking notes on so diligently. I like the littlest things because people don't realize like we take so much for granted. You know, there was a time where I couldn't move around like this, you know, like, and I couldn't breathe and like put my head and talk and, you know, eat by myself and do all these things. And so it's such a limiting factor. And so what I realized in this through going through it is I started to realize that a lot of this stuff is in your head. A lot of stuff is in your brain. That's the same thing of, you know, when you think about throwing up, nobody wants to think about throwing up. You know, nobody wants to think about that. But the second you start to think about throwing up, even if you're not sick, if you sit there and you just focus on throwing up long enough, you will bring yourself to throw up. You just will. You can convince your body to do whatever it wants to do. And I took that and I was like, well, if that's the case, I've been laying in a hospital bed for six years. People have been telling me you're sick, you're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. Okay, you're broken, you're this, and you need these medications, you need that. I started realizing that I've been telling myself this for the last six years that I'm sick. I'm not going to get better. I need another doctor. I need this. I need this person. I need this medication. I need that. And I, I just, I couldn't fathom that, that it couldn't be that easy. It couldn't be like, well, if I just change my mood and change my mindset on things, do I get better? And I read a book by Dr. Joe Dispenza 
And he was talking about the power of the mind and how your mind controls literally everything. And it's like, and I was like, yeah, because we all hear that, that your brain is, has all this power, but you never really think about it. You're like, oh, cool. Like you don't really, but when you're at the end of your rope and you're like, I got six months here. Like I'll believe anything, you know, I'll pray, I'll do whatever, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely a devout Christian, but I was like, you know, in those moments, you're like, I mean, who else is here to help? Like, you know, you're kind of like, you know, you're praying like hell, but you're like, okay, like God, like point me in the right direction, but I could use anything. And I think Joe Dispenza came into my life. It's such a, a crucial piece because he had a very, very severe injury as well. And he was able to bring himself back. And he's also got so many people that follow him and have come back from cancer and have like eliminated like these life threatening diseases from their body just by changing their outlook on it. And I broke it down really heavily into, okay, my nutrition is on check. I've got that dialed in. The only thing that's missing is this mindset thing. And so I started just changing my mindset. And every single day it was, you know, I'm not sick. I'm fine. I'm better. You know, and I'm talking to people. If somebody asked me how I was doing, even if I wasn't feeling that good, I was like, dude, I'm feeling perfect. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I just, I feel amazing. Or like somebody would be like, well, like, like your hormone panels don't look like this. I'm like, those aren't my hormone panels. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's not, I don't want to see them. Like, uh, that's not, I don't want to talk about it. I know that they're, I know that they're healthy. I know they're healthy. You know, I was, I was living in, living in the future. And you know, there's, so, there's like this part of everybody who goes, well, isn't that faking it till you make it? And it's like, there's nothing wrong with faking it till you make it. If your intent is making it, Yeah. you know, if you're not hurting anybody, you're not lying to anybody. If your intent is just, I need to get better, go for it. Fake and make it happen, you know? And that's what manifestation is. And you know, that's the law of attraction. It's seeing it before it happens, you know, and then living in it every single day. And so I started doing that. And I found that within like three months, I had brought myself back to like 80%. You know, I brought like feeling back into my hands and like, I could actually like, I could actually enunciate. I wasn't stuttering and I like, I could eat and I could talk and I could, you know, elaborate on what I was thinking about and the brain fog was gone. And like I said, it was such a slow progression and the entire time you're kind of fighting yourself. But every time you look back, you're like, I wasn't able to do this a month ago. I wasn't able to do this a month ago. And you start stacking these little wins. And through this process, you know, after the six month mark, I went right by it. And I looked back at eight, uh, after eight months and I was like, oh, I was supposed to be dead right now. And I, I was just, it was this moment of, I am in full control of everything in my life. And I can do whatever I put my mind to. If I could do that, what else could I do with this? And through this process of getting better, I was having people reach out and like asking how I'm doing. Of course, I'm like, I'm, until I make it. And I'd ask them how they're doing. And they'd be like, yeah, I'm great. But you know, like my mom is sick or my mom's got this or something like that. I'm like, oh, tell me a little bit more about it because I'm not doing anything. I just want to talk. I want to hear people they are talking about. And they'd be like, well, you know, my mom's been suffering with this autoimmune condition for like decades now. We can't figure it out. And I would just happen to be like, well, I was actually reading in a book about that three weeks ago. And they said that these are all the main causes. Like, have you tried all these? And they're like, yeah, we've tried everything. Like, obviously, like when you when you get sick, you Google everything, you know? And so you've tried all the base layers. But I was so far deep in information that I was like, I was learning little things that like, well, there happens to be this little, this little weird bean that's grown in Peru and it's broken down and it's in this supplement. I mean, maybe try this supplement, remove all of this stuff. And then also, if she's eating, like, look at all the stuff she's eating. If it comes in a bag, just look for this random little ingredient. And they would take up that random little ingredient and get so like dissected super, super hard like I was doing. And I'd call them back in like three or four weeks and they'd be like, oh, like, dude, I didn't tell you. Like we got our blood work done and 
she's completely in remission. And I'm like, okay, well, that's awesome. You know, like whatever, like that's cool. And that would happen over and over and over again. And when you start to see patterns like that, I was like, well, now I've got an act where I can help people. You know, people are looking for knowledge and I just have knowledge. You know, I'm not a teacher and I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I have information, you know, and one of my best qualities and one of my biggest gifts is I can relay information. And so I was like, well, I'm getting out. I don't have a career anymore. What if I started a career as a nutrition coach or just a coach in general who could help you out and give you information? And it was one after the other where people would start talking about me and talking to their friends and saying like, hey, like Scotty helped my mom out or Scotty helped my brother out. He did this. And all of a sudden, I've got a client's help basis of 150 people who I'm just talking to. And I went from a hockey player to not doing anything to now I'm this coach to now having a successful business with more people than I could possibly take care of on my own. And now I'm this guy who's like, okay, now I'm a business guy. So I've got a higher client. I've got to hire people to help me. And so now I've got people underneath me. I'm teaching people and I'm now bringing a community to me to work underneath me who had the same thing that happened to me in a different sense, who brought their health back in order, who just want to help people. you know. And so I built that business up and it got to the point where I was like, okay, well, I love this, and but I got comfortable. I got complacent with it. I was like, hey, you know, like I still love helping people, but it's just it's not my passion anymore. And so I went, well, if I can turn this into something that somebody is worth that's something worth buying, I wonder if I could sell this. And I started just working on myself. Okay, if I'm going to be the guy who sells businesses, I got to learn everything about business. And I am now a business. I'm a business owner. I'm a guy who sells businesses. And over the next year, I built this thing and I found the right people and I found a nutrition company to take over my business and buy all my clientele. Sold that. And it was like, great. Now what do I do? You know, and it, and it went back to, okay, well, you can be whatever you want to be. What do you want to be? And I didn't know. And there was another moment of my identity gone. And it's just a recurring thing in my life where I trade identity for identity for identity for identity. You know, it's kind of like addiction. I don't, I never say that anybody's going to get rid of their addictions. Because addiction is one of those things you can't kick. You just simply trade your addiction for another addiction. And that's why you see a lot of people who are on drugs or drinking end up in the gym full time because they traded that. And now they're so addicted to working out and being healthy that they're never going to go back to that lifestyle, but they have a new addiction. you know. And so now we have another problem where it's like, okay, now they're way too into their health and they end up you know, hurting themselves on that metric. So it's, it's a constant balance. But with the identity thing, I was like, what can I do that's just so out of the league for me that I just, I don't, I, I don't even think I could do it. And I was like, I wonder if I could be a male model. And I, I don't know where it came from. I think it was one of my buddies and I were talking about it. And he was like, I think he's like, you ever think about being a male model? I was like, no, like I, I didn't, I, back then I wasn't like, I wasn't taking care of myself in like a sense of, I had long, just shaggy hair. wasn't really caring about it. And I was like, well, let's give it a shot, you know? And, I, I went on and I started learning all I could about the male modeling industry. And I was like, well, you know, okay, I need to get a haircut. I need to like start portraying myself a little bit more in shape, start dressing a little bit better, learn everything I can about fashion and, you know, getting myself out there and taking pictures and all this. I started doing, I started living in it. And I went, okay, if I'm going to get people's attention, I need to get in front of the biggest brand. And so what I would do is I, I started shooting commercials with my friends, but I've, I luckily have a lot of people around me who are really good content creators. I started shooting commercials as if I already worked for the brand. You know, so I'm shooting, I'm shooting, I started shooting things for, you know, like Express Clothing and Gap and, you know, Cuts Clothing and all of these other like manufacturers and just sending it to them and being like, hey, like, hope you, hope you like this. And 
I got a couple back that were like, when did we hire you to do this? And I'm like, you didn't hire me to do this. I just did it, you know? But then I have other companies who are like, oh, appreciate it. Like, like, what did we owe you? Thinking that they had hired me. And I was like, okay, well, you don't owe me anything. This was just, you know, free on it. And I hope you guys like will enjoy it. If you ever need me again, let me know. And it kept happening that like two or three weeks after that, they'd be like, hey, we really liked what you did. Like, would you mind if we like gave you a contract and like you started shooting? I'm like, absolutely. Why not? You know, I'm already doing it, you know? And that started my male modeling career. And that kind of took off and did its own sense where that kind of led into the influencing side of things. We know where brands are kind of like reaching out and they want you to talk and they want you to help sell products. And you know, it just keeps rolling like that, where, you know, it just, it, life's a natural progression. And if you don't get in your own way and you're not a goalie, life just happens to happen for you. It's always happening for you, you know, and people don't realize that is the problem with most is they get in their own way or they're scared of success, you know, and that's a real fear that I found a lot of people is they're scared of being successful because they don't know what that looks like, you know, and what it comes back to is, if you want to be successful and you're scared of that success, though, it's simply sitting down and writing out your vision. What does a successful person look like to me? What do I look like as a successful person? So that way, once it happens, there's no fear because you've seen it come, you know, and you welcome it. You get out of your way, you know? And so that's what I do now is it's, it's the influencing side of things. And all I do is just have fun with my life. And I'm constantly in a creation of a new space. But my clientele that I coach, it's all about changing your perspective and your identity on life. And that's kind of where we're at now. And you and I got together because I was so involved in nutrition and learning about, you know, like how organ meats are so important for you and learning how, you know, iodine is so incredibly important for your thyroid, no matter what anybody says, you know, it's like all these things. And I was like, okay, well, while I was in the hospital, I'm diagnosed with Hashimoto's. Okay. Well, what's that? Okay. It's a thyroid disease. Okay. Well, what does it mean? It's like, well, basically you're stressed out and your thyroid is basically attacking itself. How do we take care of that? Well, we eliminate stress. We get the right nutrients in and we take care of it. And one of those things is iodine. Well, I don't want to just take a, a capsule of iodine. I'm a whole foods nutri- nutrient guy. So let's find the best way we can do it. Found the, I found the beef liver and kelp capsules, started taking those. And it was one of the supplements that I took that I was like, this actually feels right. You know, like there, there's so many supplements that you take in here. Just like it's in, it's insurance. Like, I hope it works. I hope it's doing something. But like the the liver and the kelp supplement, like I would take it and I would actually feel energy and feel like it was doing something. And then I would run out of it and be like, all right, well, that was cool. Like, you know, it was nice. And then a week later, I'd be like, I don't feel good. Like I'm cloudy. Like something's happening. Like what's like, and I realized that, okay. I just eliminated a bunch of stuff. So I ordered all the supplements I had eliminated and started going through them one by one. And it was literally one of the only like two besides like a really potent vitamin D3 that actually felt different. I was like, okay, I can't go without this stuff. And so now all I do is, you know, every single morning, six pills, right down the hatch, first thing. And it's, it, it gives me energy. That's all I can say is it gives me energy. And then you have your other products and you have like, you know me, I'm the weird one who eats beef chunks by the handful and beef heart chunks and beef liver chunks and kidney chunks. And I, in that kind of food, people don't realize there's an energy to your food, you know? And if you're eating stuff that has such a quality energy to it, you're going to feel the energy, you know, it's, it's gasoline for your car, you know, you wouldn't just go out and dump like, like, I'll be the first to admit, like, I do love a diet Dr. Pepper every once in a while. 
But I know if I have a diet Dr. Pepper, I'm not going to either I'm not going to feel anything or I'm going to feel terrible, you know, and I'm ready for that. So, you know, it, it's one of those things that, OK, choose choose your poison here. And I'm going to choose to put the best ingredients in my body and I want rocket fuel. And that's exactly the supplements that you have. And so that brings us to where we're at now, where we're sitting down, we've developed this friendship and, you know, you might be thousands of miles away from me, but there's this connection that nutrition and my story brought to us and there's nothing wrong with that. And I wouldn't give up my story for anything because it brought a friendship together. Yeah. And you're, and you're channeling life and everything that you want in your life is coming to you because of how kind of you're operating as well. And look, just coming back to those six pills, Scotty, I'm just curious, right? (laughs) What else, what else is, is, is in that little, you know, medley of supplements yeah. So, yeah. So I take yours, obviously. I take a vitamin D3 just because I believe everybody's devi- deficient in vitamin D. I think you can get your love. I'm a big fan of blood work. So get blood work done. See where you're at. That is like, and I always say like, invest and get a comprehensive one. Don't just go to your doctor and get like the general, like get a, like, it's going to be expensive. I'm not going to lie, but it's a one-time investment. See what your body is doing you know, see what's in there. And so I always say like, get as detailed as a, of a blood sample as you possibly can, because then from there you can build out a program and then you don't have to do it again for months. And then if you have any markers that are off, all you do is order those six months later and see if you change. But in that I've got the vitamin D3, I take a ton of fish oil. So fish oil is like omega threes are my jam. Like I like, especially for brain health. Oh my gosh. Like it's just, that's it. A very potent resveratrol just because that's also very good for brain health and inflammation. And then besides that, I take a very quality zinc picolinate along with copper because you don't, because if you just take zinc, you're going to deplete your copper levels. And besides that, a very potent magnesium. And that's it. Very simple. Yeah, great. And okay, can you take me through one of your typical days? It sounds like you really don't have a typical day. Yeah? Really? (laughs) Really don't, but I can take you through... What a cliche yeah. question, but I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated with how things, you know, how things have gone from, you know, the beginning and then you reinvented yourself. Now you're where you are now. And this now state seems to be really vibrant and just giving, and you seem to be jamming with this space. So yeah. 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 Um, so a typical day, a typical day for me starts about 4.30 a.m., 5 a.m just because I have clients that are all over the United States, you know? And so I, I really like to like, you, you don't really know, like, especially with what we're going through, like the time zone stuff, you know, you never know what, what time somebody's gonna be working And A lot of my people that I work with are very high performers. And so they're up super early, you know? And so if they're going to be up super early, I got to be up super early to talk to them too. And so starts about 4.30, my, I get up, I do a, a good amount of time in prayer as I'm getting ready for the day. You know, I've got my Bible and I've got like, you know, my devotionals playing. And then, after that, jump on the phones. And I'm normally on a phone call. I'm normally on phone calls from about 4.30 to about 6, 7 a.m. And you know, that's this typical. After that, I try to go for a walk because I need to clear my head and get everything kind of going. If it's a content day, I'll normally have a call with my videographer and my assistant just to kind of see you know, what we're doing for the day, what brands we're working with, what we need to shoot. And from there, it kind of just gets going. It gets started. You know, Grab a cup of coffee and look at my script, look at everything I need to do, set it up, get the lights ready to go camera, ready, set, action. That starts at about 10 a.m., I'd say. 
And it's normally shoot, 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 batch film as much as I possibly can, 10 till, you know, one o'clock. One o'clock is normally where I'm going to have my first meal just because everybody asks if I, inter- if I intermittent fast. I don't really think I intermittent fast. I'm just not hungry until then. So it's unintentional. I don't think that you really need to do it, but that's just how my body works. And I'm one of those guys who believes in following what your body says. So if I wake up and it's 4 a.m. I'm starving, I'm going to eat something, you know, but normally it's one o'clock. Have some food at about one. And then after that, I'll normally get all of my footage, get that over to my editor, start uploading everything. And then I'll normally have a couple of calls in the afternoon. So that could be new brand deals. That could be a coaching session that somebody missed. That could be new client, you know, integrations. It could also just be a call with my team just to make sure that everybody's on, you know, pace with what we're supposed to be doing. If somebody, you know, if we've got new clientele, I want to make sure that they are on with the right person to talk to and just kind of being the boss for a little while. After that, try to get to the gym, get a workout in. And, you know, at some point or another, I love to cook. And so a lot of my contents become cooking content just because I love to do it. And I was like, you know, if I'm going to do I'm going to be cooking. If I'm going to be cooking, I might as well film, you know, like that's just how it goes. You know, let's see, you trade one thing for another. Mm-hmm. And so I'll try to, I'll try to come up with a dish or try to come up with a recipe and go out, get some groceries or have my assistant go out and get my groceries. And then, you know, about five o'clock, start shooting that. And, you know, starting to kind of about five o'clock is when I try to start to unwind, you know, do a little bit of reading, a little bit of prayer, put on my blue black, my blue light blockers and turn on some red light. And, you know, just kind of go about the rest of my evening. My it sounds like a very, very boring day. There's just it's, it's all. it doesn't it sounds constructed. Yeah. Yeah. It, and and that's kind of how it has to be. Yeah. You know, it has to be like that. And it's it but it's also that's a content day. You know, I'll also have days like today where it's podcasting and it's, you know, interviews and it's it, it's woke up at four AM and was able to walk and get a cup of coffee and take a walk this morning, you know, and you know, had an hour gap where nothing was going on. And then we're doing this right now. And then I get to turn around and go to the next podcast, you know, and then it's, and then the rest of my day is just back filled with everything that needs to get done. And especially like we talked about at the beginning of this call is got to get out and do some Christmas shopping, you know? So it's finding those little p- periods of time where, you know, th- that's the cool part about the life that I've built for myself is I'm in full control, of it, you know? And so if there's ever a moment besides trying to make sure that everybody else is happy and everybody else is working and everybody else is there, if I have these little pieces and gaps where it's like, okay, I could be shooting right now, but I don't need to, I can go, okay, you can take a second to step back, take a breath, go do your thing. you know. And that's one of the things that a lot of people kind of come to me with. They're like, how do you not get burnt out? You've got so much coming on. And I'm like, you, pe- people tend to feel burnout coming before they get burnt out. Burnout just doesn't happen. you know. It's not just one of those things that like, oh, I'm burnt out. Like, no, like you're going to feel it coming. The problem with people who get burnt out is they feel it coming. They don't do anything about it. And then they sacrifice a ton of time afterwards instead of sacrificing a little time for themselves right now. You know, and so that's what I try to really focus on. Yeah. Okay. So you you just know, you know from previous experience when those triggers are coming. Yeah. When you're feeling the brain fog, when you're feeling like dog tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So take some time on yourself. And so over the Christmas period, then when you actually get to that point, yeah, because it's happening really soon um will you take a bit of time out yourself i i think that you should take time off when you feel you need time off you know it's never a, there's never a moment where i'm like okay i'm gonna plan a vacation i'm gonna plan this i'm gonna plan that it's you know because it, it, let's say that i plan something to have i plan to, to like take some time off but i that could be like my most productive time 
yeah. you know, and, and I get to that point, I'm like, okay, well, I could have been getting all of this stuff done. And now I'm, I have this guilt on the back of my mind of, well, now I'm just relaxing, doing nothing when I have all this energy, you know, like that's where my mind always goes with it. And I don't know if that's the healthiest way to look at it, but I just don't plan it. So if I start to feel like, okay, I'm being a little shaky here, I can feel like, you know, anxiety is building up a little bit. I've got a lot on my plate. That's normally the first thing I'm going to do is text my assistant and be like, hey, do we have in two weeks, what do we have going on? You know, and like I try to schedule out a little bit ahead of time because I know by about two weeks is when I'm going to hit that mark of I need to take a break, you know? And so we'll plan something out, be like, hey, you know, like we just have this little structure and this little communication of, hey, things are shaky. And she knows exactly what that means. It's like, okay, cool. Two weeks from now, I know that we're not booking anything for three days. You can go do whatever you want to. I have a day to myself, go get a massage, have a full day of just not doing anything. And that could, that could literally just be me going and driving up to Sedona, Arizona and just walking around for a day and just walking and doing nothing. And then I come back, I'm clear and I feel great because I didn't have anything to do. And, and then I'm recharged, you know, and that, that's it. You know, it, it's over. It's your battery is refull. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, I did what I needed to do. I took some time off. Now it's time to go back. But I also don't force myself to come back if it's not time. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, and I, I'm blessed in the sense where I can control my time like that, where it's, you know, if I need a little extra time, I can give myself a little extra time. I'm not forced. I don't have that anxiety that I always call it the next morning flight anxiety, where you have a flight in the morning and you can't sleep because all you're thinking about is flying and getting up in time, you know? And so I never have that anxiety of, I need to get this done at a certain time, you know? And I think that's a blessing that I've been, you know, I've been given and I don't take it for granted, but it's also, it took a lot of work to get here. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's once you, once you come to like the fruition of all of your labor, I think it's just, it's such a beautiful place to be in bliss because you realize that you created something from nothing and now mm-hmm. you're in control. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you're still working on? Is there anything you haven't quite nailed yet in your... Oh, Hans. <laughs> it, that's, the, that's the thing is like if if you don't like i'm guessing you're talking just like success wise and like what you want what i want out of life yeah yeah so is is there anything that kind of nags at you a little bit and you're like okay like i've got all these things down pat and you know these things are jamming really well however you know i i want this for myself or this isn't you know tracking as well Absolutely. and and that's that's kind of the cool part about life is I don't think you should ever get to the point where you're like, I've got it. Like, woo. Like that's like, that doesn't, that no. doesn't hit me because my thing is, I don't think you should ever want to win. Like, I don't think you should ever want to beat life because at that point that's death, you know, if you win at life, you're dead, you know, like that's like, that's the finish line, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I always try to chase, I, I think Matthew McConaughey said it so well. He's like, they asked him like who his biggest inspiration was. And he's like, well, my biggest inspiration is me in 10 years. You know, and they're like, well, okay, like, what is that going to look like when you get there? He's like, I don't know, ask me in 10 years. Yeah. And they got to 10 years later and they asked him the question. They're like, well, like, are, did you get everything you want? Like, who's your inspiration? Like, did you finally find your inspiration? He goes, oh, no, no, that, my inspiration is me in 10 years. And you keep pushing it back because, you know, if I just have that end goal, it's like, okay, now what? You know, and that's the identity piece that I kind of try to coach people on a lot. It's, you can't identify with an end. You can't identify with a single metric. And so, my thing now is, you know, I'm 29 years old and my next role in life is going to be a father, you know, in order to be a father, you kind of need a mother, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, now it's like the relationship thing where it's like, I put so much time into my business and developing myself. Now it's time to start focusing on outward. Okay. Who is going to help me take that dream 
and make it a reality yeah. and being open to, you know, before it was business, 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 business. Now it's how do I learn how to control business and have my schedule and my stuff, but also allow a woman into my life to, you know, grow and attain a future together, you know, and I'm not perfect by, by any means, you know, I'm not, I'm not even close. And so it's now going back to the drawing board going, okay, I need to figure out how to time allocate time to me, time to work, time for family, time for business, time for this. Once I figure that out, then I can bring a woman in and go, okay, because I'm one of those guys who, if I'm going to have somebody in my life, it's your everything. You know, and that's everybody in my life. When I'm with anybody, my friends, my like clients, anything, in that moment, you are everything. You're it, you're it. You know, like you are, I'm not, I don't have my phone, I'm not talking to anybody else. It's this is it. And I need to find that balance and get better at that because that is a lacking point where I'm constantly like in creation and content creation. It's a it's such a blessing, but you're constantly on your phone. You're constantly talking to people, you're constantly editing, you're constantly, you know, it's like you're constantly going through looking for the newest trends, the newest this, the newest that. At the end of the day, you go back and you're like, my dopamine is so depleted because I've given it all to this little thing that's in my pocket, you know? And that's an, I think that's another thing I'm trying to really work on is that dopamine addiction where it's, okay, is this a need right now that I need to do this? Or is this my dopamine fix getting hit, mm-hmm. you know? And it's having that gentle balance of this is this work or is this just me sitting in comfort? And I think that's like the biggest one right now. And so biggest one for success is definitely, you know, taking relationships a little bit more seriously. And then ultimately just, you know, enjoying life. I think that's the biggest one is I do really love life, but there's, I do, I know there's so much more, you know, and I just don't want to die. I want to die completely on E. And so it's always finding for those, it's fighting for those things that you would never think you'd be into. And so I'm constantly, I'm constantly looking for new music, new things, new different ways to look at life. And I think that's my biggest one is always attaining new hobbies and new skills. Mm. What's your latest hobby? Latest hobby. Like I said, music has been a big one for me. And not playing music because I am, you know, my coordination with music is like watching an otter trying to open a Bible. It just like, it's, you know, they just fumbles. So that's I, an interesting analogy. Sorry. It's just, it's, it, it just fumbles with it. Okay. Okay. It just doesn't, it doesn't fit, you know, it, it doesn't work. And so, but I just, I love diving into creative. And so listening to somebody and just like putting on, like listening to lyrics and even just listening to the way that people put like just sounds together and really breaking it down of what were they feeling? Like, and, and what's the emotion here? Cause everything, I believe that everything has an emotion to it and everything has an energy to it. And so it's, I, that's one of my biggest things recently, and it calms me down. And if anybody is looking for a way to like de-stress or take away anxiety, I've found that that has been such a game changer. Big thanks to Scotty for being a joy to talk to as always and sharing how he has harnessed positive energy to get what he wants and share his knowledge with others to help them. We are really excited to see what unfolds next, Scotty, and are poised for the next installment. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Grassroots Matters podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please feel free to rate, subscribe, or leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Once again, thanks for joining us, and we hope you'll come back again for the next episode.